One of the lovely chapters of Aldo Leopold's A Sand County Almanac is titled January Thaw. It begins, each year after the midwinter blizzards, there comes a night of thaw when the tinkle of dripping water is heard in the land. January thaws can be oh so welcome when winter lives up to its name. This winter, we've had some cold weather and some snow, but right now this is on track to be one of the warmest winters on record here with the least amount of snow. Last winter was also mild as far as temperatures go, but nowhere near as warm as this winter so far. And last winter, we broke our all-time record of seasonal snowfall with over 140 inches of snow. This year, so far, we've had just about exactly one-tenth of last year's total, and most of that is gone now. The ground in my backyard is mostly bare. In January, we had a nine-day spell of below zero nights, but only two days when the temperature stayed below zero all day, and then just barely. Between lack of snow and such above-average temperatures, they had to cancel our annual John Beargree sled dog race. Yesterday, February 5th, the temperature hit 50 degrees at the Duluth International Airport. A single warm day or short warm spell happens, as Leopold wrote, just about every year. But yesterday was not part of a warm spell, not when it's been so warm all winter. It feels like April in my backyard, nights in the 20s and even 30s, and days in the 30s and even 40s. But without snow on the ground, it sure doesn't look like April. The American Berkebiner, North America's largest cross-country ski marathon in Cabo, Wisconsin, is still scheduled for February 24th, but unless the forecast changes dramatically, the Berkey will almost certainly have to be canceled. It can be a welcome reprieve for people to not have to deal with extreme cold and a lot of snow shoveling, but this kind of winter exacts heavy penalties too, and not just regarding winter sports. Not too far south of us in Madison, Wisconsin, people are already dealing with ticks. Historically, our typical spells of below zero temperatures, with multiple nights getting as cold as 20 below or more, can reduce the numbers of ticks and some plant pests, such as emerald ash borers. This year, unless things change soon, we can probably expect higher numbers of those. Bird droppings and spilled seeds and shells that accumulate under feeders rot faster when it's above freezing, and the bacteria and fungi involved in breaking them down cause botulism and salmonella. Fungal molds also produce dangerous aflatoxins. This process accelerates with moisture added to warmth. It's always important to rake up spent seeds as temperatures get close to and above freezing, but that's something that up here we usually don't have to think about until March or more typically April. This winter, keeping the ground clean beneath our feeders is already important, especially where winter finches are gathering. In my own yard, most birds have been few and far between, 
pigeons and starlings being the exceptions. During the first decades we lived here, starting in 1981, I never saw pigeons in January until we drove through downtown Duluth or over the high bridge on our way to visit Russ's parents. It's only been in the past few years that pigeons have been regular here, but now two dozen or more may descend on my yard at the same time. When I notice them while I'm working at my desk or near a downstairs window, I open the window and wave my arm. But this winter, my vigilance has suffered, first in the aftermath of my mastectomy and now with some severe dizzy spells. That's finally under control again. But as B.F. Skinner discovered with his pigeon studies, irregular rewards make pigeons even more determined than steady rewards. So if I ignore them for just a single day, they empty my feeders entirely. Winter finches, the birds most vulnerable to diseases from feeding beneath feeders, haven't spent much time here. A handful of pine siskins, goldfinches, or house finches showing up just every few days. I'm trying to stay ahead of any disease organisms developing under my feeders, but pigeons add to the danger with their copious droppings, making it hard to keep up. I sure hope that this winter of my discontent will not be nearly as bad for my birds as it's been for me. I'm Laura Erickson speaking for the birds.